Hello, and welcome to episode two of Put You On Pog with Tondo. So, I feel like I'm slightly, only slightly contradicting myself um, from kind of what this podcast was supposed to be about. But I kind of found, fell down this uh, mini rabbit hole on Twitter, and I feel like I want to cover something a little different than what I talked about before, but I still feel like overall it kind of falls along the same lines of my overall goal of this podcast, which is to, you know, put y'all on. And this is really more so for people who kind of missed this particular era of music. And this era, the era I'm referring to is the blog era. Um, and I, I don't even know really how well known that term is and how well people even know it. Um, a lot of people, I feel like, especially this generation, um, not so much my generation, because I'm you know, I'm I'm in a weird place. I've been caught between a lot of different things, uh, between the SoundCloud era of rap and hip hop and the blog era. And the blog era also, if you guys don't know, refers to the era of music where, you know, mixtapes were still <laughs> very much alive, um, which sounds crazy to say now. Um, you had blogs of all kinds. My favorite was, I think, DJ Booth, or I think it used to be called Refined Hype, and then it became, you know, DJ Booth, I think, combined with it. Um, that was a huge thing. You had Dat Piff. You had um, place, things like The Fader, Two Dope Boys, like all these different blog sites that used to really put on, basically put people on to artists. Um, and I feel like that job kind of has been taken by people like academics and a lot of different social media influencers. Um to kind of like show people like, hey, these are the artists y'all need to look out for. But back then, it was all blogs. Back then, people actually read. Attention spans were slightly better. Social media was still coming up, but it wasn't. I don't think it was every. I don't think everyone was, was as invested in it as they are to this day, um, to the same extent. And we back then, I mean, it was it was definitely something that we all paid attention to. But you know, now I don't think there's very few people who actually you know go damn near an hour without even looking at it. But back then, you know, all we had was the internet. All we had was ourselves to find these things. So that's kind of what the blog era refers to. And what I really wanted to do was just kind of shine a light on this era and the impact of it. And also why it's not maybe not so... Um, a lot of these artists really didn't... I don't want to say they didn't stand the test of time because I think they did. It's just... With for, for from circumstances without circumstances out of their control, I feel like kind of made it hard for them to continue on once the SoundCloud era kind of struck kind of struck gold <laughs> with everything that came with that. But I do think there was there were a lot of seeds that kind of led to that, and I'm gonna get to you know wh- which artists I think really contributed to that, and I'm also gonna talk about which artists I feel like really just weren't equipped from jump to deal with that. But that doesn't, that's not a knock on them in any way. Um, you know, circumstances change, things change. Not everyone is built for every era. And that's, you know, that's not always your fault. It really isn't. You just kind of have to know how to maneuver in this industry, you know, like like you do in life, really. So, but I'm going to start, I'm going to start with uh, with some people that I feel they really kicked off a lot of things. 
And I'm not going to go in order of like years because honestly, I am awful at that. I mean, I myself found a lot of these people out of order, but I'm just going to kind of go in the order I personally discovered them um, and kind of, you know, we'll, we'll get to it. So first, pe- pe- the first group, because um, a lot of this also is going to consist of groups that just had a lot of different people <laughs> in them. Um, but the first group I'm going to talk about is ASAP Mob. ASAP Mob is such an interesting case study to me because I feel like ASAP Mob did so many different things. And a lot of these things are really still being carried on to this day. But the weird thing is their music isn't really the focal point anymore for them. But it was back then. People were calling them all types of things from the, you know, the next Wu-Tang to, I mean, you know, you know how New York gets. Like whenever New York has somebody that's that's really putting off of the city, like they go crazy for them. They go absolutely crazy. And it was no different with ASAP Mob. ASAP Rocky and Ferg, of course, were at the forefront of it. And you had, you know, the fashion, the whole aesthetic that also kind of borrowed from Houston, and just that bravado um, that especially ASAP Rocky just embodied. And that's something that I feel like ASAP's whole aesthetic to me is really i guess i icon- i hate the word iconic i feel like that word is so overused but it was iconic and to this day i feel like it carried it carried on it lived on through people like cardi and uzi and a lot of these well less so uzi uzi is a mixture of a lot of different things honestly but it, it it lived on through so many people especially in soundcloud rap and even that kind of spacey sound i feel like has 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 gotten a life of its own um, and there's just a whole, they, they, they did a lot for the culture. They did a lot to create what they created. And ironically, though, they haven't done so much for themselves. But I will say, because honestly, this podcast is not about talking about people's shortcomings. It's about talking about all of the stuff they contribute to this culture. That And this stuff that I love, stuff that I actually genuinely enjoy. I don't want to focus too much on what they didn't do because they did a lot. They did, I mean, they did a lot. And, you know, rest in peace, Yams. He was a huge part of that whole movement and, you know, where where it even got today. Um, and honestly, I think, I don't even know that they even really wanted to be, you know, rap stars. They might just want it, they might have used it as a vessel. And that's one of the beautiful things about hip hop is that people can use it as a vessel to get to where they actually want to go. So, you know, ASAP really came out the gate running with Long Live ASAP. And honestly, you know what? I don't know because... I'm not going to hold you. All his album titles, like for the first, I think, three albums, I cannot differentiate them to save my life. But guess what? All those shits are solid. Um, but you already know that, honestly. ASAP is just interesting. I do think that the cozy tapes are very slept on, though. And that's one thing I'm going to focus on because, again, this is about shining a light on things y'all really might not know as much. But the cozy tapes, which was the ASAP Mob kind of compilation... That, like, both of them shits are actually very solid. A lot of gems off both of them. Like, a lot of gems. I mean, if y'all haven't heard Telephone Calls, which a lot of people have, that's probably the most known one, you need to listen to Telephone Calls right now. That song is <laughs> that song is crazy. Everyone who, you know, was hip remembers the, the, uh, <laughs> walk, walk, yeah, y'all, y'all, if y'all know, y'all know. Like, that shit was hard. That was probably one of the first um, times that people realized how hard Tyler actually was as a rapper. and But yeah, Cozy Tapes, definitely check both those out. Um, you know, I don't think a lot of people really know how solid those things were and how much they laid the groundwork for a lot of the stuff to come, especially in SoundCloud rap. Um, so yeah, so bouncing off of ASAP Mob, who again, did a lot for the culture. 
Um, you got Odd Future. And I talked about Tyler last episode, so I'm not going to go too deep into Tyler, like me geeking out. But, um, I mean, y'all know what Tyler, like Tyler has been doing this shit. He created so, they all created so much as a movement from Loiter Squad, you know, being as funny as it is, not even being a music related thing at the time for the merch to there. And like, I'm somebody who has bought so much Odd Future stuff. Truthfully, not all of it is the most like fashion forward, I'd say, but a lot of it I still wear to this day because I just, I've always been an Odd Future fan. Like that, if you ask me what my favorite group out of all the ones I'm mentioning is, both musically and like, like me really buying in, it's Odd Future hands down. And that's never been a debate for me. But just taking all that out though, like Odd Future has, is so influential and again they've been doing these they were doing these things so early and building these platforms and building these fan bases and really these are things that I feel like a lot of artists have kind of taken in their own way but I don't think anyone's actually even perfected necessarily the way that our future has because they just it's not only just that like it's not all just like style it's like there's substance I mean all like across the board I'm not even gonna get into Frank because Frank is Frank and everyone knows Frank but (laughs) You get you, you got Tyler, you got Earl, you got you got Sid, you got the internet. Also in the within the internet, of course you have yeah, Sid, you have Steve Lacey, who Steve Lacey is probably my favorite um artist like overall from from um from the internet. And but Sid's also solid. You cannot go wrong with Sid at all. I mean um I haven't actually checked out the first internet project ironically, but Ego Death is like a classic. Ego Death is a certified classic to me. Um, you know, it's actually insane how how layered and how deep the group actually is. And I don't think people actually know how deep the group is. Because you got somebody even, you know, everyone knows about Erlen Tyler. Everyone knows about Erlen Tyler. But you got, you go all the way back. You got Damo Genesis. You got Haji, who to me, both of them have at least one very solid project. I haven't checked out all their stuff because honestly, there's so much music that comes out year to year. They get lost in the shuffle sometimes. But those two very solid like and I knew they were solid when they were on Tyler's projects but like they stand on their own as well they're not just niggas that just tagged along like these niggas do this shit as well you also got somebody like uh I think left yeah left brain I, for- I almost forget about left brain sometimes I know left brain did- was handling a lot of the production for them and he also has a group with I think it's Haji and Damo called Mellow High they have they have they have a few a few projects together. I don't know. I know one of them's Mellow Hype, one of them's Mellow High, but the one I I have is Mellow High. I think that's the album name. That album's very solid. Another another great thing to check out and just kind of showcases all their talent. So honestly, and then also one last person I want to mention, kind of honorable mention. I think he used to be a part of the group, then he left. Casey Veggies, another great artist from that little era. Um, now he was somebody that I don't think has been able to cross over maybe as well, but again like this man does have credentials if you really go back and like listen to it i mean casey veggies one of my first mixtapes i ever listened to um was his i think it was his joint project with uh with rocky fresh called fresh veggies that john yo that john rise like that's that's one of my favorite all-time favorite mixtapes very underrated too not a lot of people know about casey veggies even um but that whole collective <laughs> is ridiculous. And um, bouncing off that, because again, uh, one thing about our future that, you know, a lot of y'all know is that they, they with everything that they've created and just their social media, they've always been so great at social media and working that. So they've had no issue moving into, you know, this new era. 
because they just always had had the internet shit down pat. Moving on from that, you have somebody like Vince Staples, who was an affiliate. At one point, I actually thought he was a part of our future. To me, Vince Staples has one of the most like interesting reinventions and just he just sustained himself through so much. Cause and before I really get into Vince, um, the biggest shift with the with between the blog era and now is the fact that there were a couple of there are a couple of factors. Number one, you had streaming. Streaming's completely changed the landscape of everything. I'm not gonna do a deep dive on it. Maybe another episode I will. But we all know streaming. We know all know how much that's changed everything. Then you have, you know, you have social media and kind of its influence and kind of the fact that we just see all these artists everywhere now. Um, another thing you have is the but one of the biggest and most underrated things, I think, and this does have to do with streaming, um, is the death of the mixtape. Because the death of the mixtape, to me, really spelled, not the end, but it just kind of hurt a lot of people because a lot of people were used to releasing things in a certain format. And they were just accustomed to certain things. A lot of these guys hadn't even gotten to the point where they were ready to release like a real album. And because they couldn't, you know, people couldn't just hop on Spirilla anymore and do certain things. And the whole monet, like the whole monetization structure of the industry changed. Like, I don't know if people understand how crazy that is for y'all to just have to shift like that. Like that to me had definitely affected a lot of these dudes, man. But I'm not going to get too deep into that. That's really nerdy. And honestly, this episode, I'm not going to hold you. It's really for the music nerds. Um, you know, at some point. I just want y'all to know if y'all are, you know, still with me. I'm definitely gonna get into the non-nerdy side of music. I'ma just say like the trap shit, the you know, like the real nigga shit. I'm be honest, like, cause to be honest, like I have there's a side of me that really fucks with that shit too, and I'ma get into that too. Just not this episode. <laughs> this is all about my nerdy side and like my nerdy side of hip hop, cause at my core, like that's who I am realistically. But I do have that you know side that I like to listen to that type of shit, you know, I'm not a street dude by any means, but nah, that shit, that shit be riding, like, I mean, I ain't gonna hold you, anyway, you're gonna get back to Vince, who (laughs) maybe, may or may not be a street dude, but anyway, point being, Vince has really sustained himself, and I really didn't expect it, because I remember a conversation with my friend, I'm actually gonna shout him out, my boy Charlie Radical, part of Coexist Music Group, follow them on Instagram, they're going to be up next. You're going to hear me talk about them very soon as well. But yeah, so my boy Charlie Radical, he was telling me, like, this was like years, years, years ago. I'm pretty sure I was talking to him about Vince. And he was kind of saying how Vince was boring, how Vince was just like not really like, it wasn't really, even for that type of music, Vince was had kind of a sleepy, just eh type of sound. And honestly, I think at the time, I don't think I even like Vince like that for real, but um, I don't remember what it was. I eventually did check out Vince more and more, mostly through mixtapes. But Vince really, like, y'all know Vince now, obviously, is the funny nigga, like, the funny, like, yo, like, just be saying all types of random shit. But Vince was not like that before, bro. Like, Vince was, like, the quiet dude that was, like, like very chill, like, low-key, did not show his personality, none of that shit. Like, he was just, that nigga was just chilling, bro. Like, no one knew who he really was, like, personality-wise. But I don't know where the shift happened exactly. The first time I think I remember seeing this nigga show his personality was an interview with him on Hot 97 with Tyler. And that's the first time I think I seen this nigga really show his personality. And when, as soon as this nigga started showing his personality was when his career just started to skyrocket. And he's, he's always made solid music. Like, let's not get that twisted either. 
at all. But one thing that is so key nowadays is for these niggas to show, like these rappers to show their personality on social media. That gets people so far. Like, I personally don't really listen to Cardi B. I'm not going to shit on her talent at all. But I think one of the reasons why she is so far is because people really like her. People love her persona. That's a real thing. And that works for any, like, it don't matter what type of demographic you are, white, black, whatever, like, girl, whatever. Like, if you have a really engaging personality, you have charisma, like, that will take you so far. So Vince, as soon as he started showing that side of him, doors started opening left and right. And that's funny because I think I heard St. John, like, basically, or basically there was a conversation Vince and St. John had about no one caring about his music or whatever, whatever. Me personally, I actually kind of understand his point. But the funny thing with Vince is that it don't really matter. I mean, me personally, you ask me, like, Vince has been solid for years Nigga does not have a bad project. He doesn't necessarily have, like, a jump out there, like, yo, like, that's his classic album project. But he doesn't really need to. Yeah, he, he has the, he's bought himself so much time. Way more time than I ever expected him to get. This nigga was finna have, like, a, like, he was having like a mini little show on YouTube. I don't know what happened to it. I actually wish he brings that shit back. But, like, this, and honestly, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see, it's not gonna be long until nigga has a podcast or some type of format. But he really has reinvented himself to a point where music is sort of secondary for him. And I don't know if people really understand how huge that is, especially because a lot of people don't know where he actually started. But with Vince, I'm going to say this. Definitely check out his mixtapes. His mixtapes, to me, are probably his his best. Well, actually, I don't know. It, it depends. It depends on my mood. But my favorites from him are, um, I think the album Stolen, uh, the mixtape Stolen Youth. You can still find that shit on Spinrilla. That was probably my favorite, favorite album from him, personally. And... Leading off that, but also I'm going to say, yeah, you can't go wrong with any of his projects. Like, all solid projects. Acquired Taste, you have to kind of get used to the type of beats. So, um, Acquired Taste, if you just kind of want some traditional shit, go with, uh, I think it's FM. FM is very traditional, very solid. Y'all, y'all won't, you know, y'all won't be disappointed. Okay, so jumping off that, Stolen Youth was actually entirely produced by <laughs> this guy named Larry Fisherman, also known as Mac Miller. Um, which a lot of people don't know. I don't think I knew at first. I was like, who the hell is this Larry Fisherman? What type of what type of name is that? I don't even know how you came up with that pseudonym. But anyway, Mac Miller. And I just came to this realization the other day. It was just a random thought. I was like, yo, this nigga Mac, like, this nigga Mac really, he really died a living legend. And, you know, that word gets thrown around a lot. And I don't use it lightly at all. Because if you really think about it, this man, this man Mac Miller, he really... He really has been doing this. He's been doing this, man. Like he, like all his albums are so varied and sound. But he has a lot of albums. He, he only, I mean, he passed at twenty six. Rest in peace, God rest his soul. But like he, he died at twenty six. But he left us with so much. So you go on Apple Music. I still haven't even gone through his whole discography. I actually just checked out Kids. Like his uh like his his classic mixtape that you know was just recently on streaming service like a few years ago, amazing album, amazing album. And the funny thing is, <laughs> the, the the main reason I think I even checked that album out like as a in in, in full was because I was on Tinder, and I don't know about y'all, but every time I go on Tinder, I peep that 
some women, they'll post the same song. I don't know if like it's a copying thing or they all just like one song and they run with it. Because at first I kept seeing Break from Toronto from a party. I'm like, damn, like y'all all like this song? But the same, sh- I see the exact same shit with Mac. I see every single girl damn near who posts a Mac Miller song is that album and it's the spins. <laughs> so I was like, all right, all right, all right, all right. Y'all keep posting this song. It's got to be good. It's got to be good. It's got to be good. And guess what? That shit has been in rotation heavy since I started playing it. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if there was just doing that shit for whatever, but yo, that shit was fire. Like they, they have great music taste, clearly. <laughs> so that album, I checked it out. Completely different sound than what I've ever expected that, that I've ever heard from Mac. And obviously, I think that was his first project. I could be wrong. I wasn't really up on Mac all the way back then. And honestly, funnily enough, back then, I remember my friends used to make fun of me (laughs) for listening to Mac Miller. Because I think I I had this preconceived notion of him, you know, white rappers usually have that anyway. And, you know, my friends like, you listen to Mac Miller, Mac Miller's that third. And look how people think of him now. Like, Mac Miller is like, he's a legend, man. He's a legend. You can't, you cannot, you can't take that away from him. You can't. And it's not because he passed away at all. You, you're not, you not going to put that on him just because of that. The body of work is more than there. He has better discographies than people who are still making music right now. And that's a fact. That's a fact. But yeah, I'm going to leave it there because Mac really isn't a sleeper. But he has a lot of projects. Um, again, this is not sleepers to probably people who was up on, like, was on game back then. Um, but his mixtape Faces, amazing. And again, you know, <laughs> so many projects from that guy. Faces, amazing. A lot of his best material probably isn't even on streaming at this point. But yeah, that's on Spinrilla as well. Um, another person I really want to talk about, and I'm going to talk about his group a little bit less, only because I don't, yeah, I think it's funny. And funny enough, he survived, you know, the shifts really well, I might add, actually. But his his group didn't so much... I'm sure they still make great music. I actually do want to check out a lot of their projects still. Um, and actually, I'm, I'm just, so I'm talking about Pro Era. I'm talking about Pro Era and Joey Badass. And a lot of people actually don't even know about his group, Pro Era. Like that was his, that was kind of his equivalent to Odd Future and ASAP, all that stuff. So Pro Era, their whole thing back then was kind of bringing back the New York boom bap sound. And the funny thing for me, when I first listened to them, you know, I was new to hip hop pretty much. So I was hearing them, and that was my original, or like that was my introduction to Boom Bap, ironically, where they're kind of trying to bring it back. So that was Joey's whole thing was kind of returning, restoring the feeling. That was his whole, that was their whole brand, and in a lot of ways, that was probably, you know, a little bit. I'm not gonna say it's not the best, because the thing is, all of them are so talented. That's the thing. Like regardless of what their brand was, them dudes was talented as hell. I mean, I can obviously Joey has solidified himself and I'm actually almost surprised at how much he's been able to sustain himself um throughout throughout you know all the shifts he's been really good at that I mean I'm still waiting for his next album I think his next album will really be interesting but he has just been really good at shifting considering the way he came in um and he's really been also efficient and he's like I've noticed that he 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 goes away but he doesn't go away for too long he leaves just long enough but then he comes back at the perfect time. He dropped a little three pack last last year. Made me every single time I'm like, damn, is Joey? Is Joey? Nope, nope, nope. Joey don't. Joey didn't lose it. Joey didn't lose one. He didn't lose one step. 
he ain't lose one step. Um, so yeah, somebody like him has been a revelation to me and a lot of other members of that group. Um, always been talented. I need to actually check out more of their stuff again. A lot of these dudes get lost in the shuffle, but to name a few, Kirk Knight, very solid dude. Um, I think he had his uh, night something. I don't remember. I think it was Nighttime, something like that. Great album. Nick Caution always puts out puts out very uh very uh consistent stuff. You got CJ Fly, uh, rest in peace, Capital Steez as well. There's not um, as much of his stuff on streaming, but if you can get to Spinrilla, I definitely recommend his his one mixtape. I'm the name escapes me, but you will find it if you put in Capital Steez. Um, I'm gonna put all these links, you know, all my podcasts so that y'all can find it if y'all really want to. But you know, all these dudes, man, all these dudes is just super solid, like super solid. And you know, it's nice to see that Joey really was able to maintain and continue to pop up. And he just he's never disappeared. He's he's always just somewhere just lurking. He ready though. He ready. And I feel like I really feel like he he um he just has that balance down pat. I mean, even his uh it was really cool to see him at X, like him and him and XXX uh, with that one song, just kind of seeing how he can kind of blend. Um, but yeah, man, like Pro Era. And that whole Beast Coast movement, also shout out Flatbush Zombies, shout out Underachievers, you know, all them dudes. Again, not they didn't necessarily cross over so much, but I can still listen to, to them. And kind of bringing it back to ASAP, I was listening to this one song from ASAP Mob and, uh, and Flatbush called Basalts. Oh my god, yo, that song, that song and music video is crazy. That that joint crazy. Like ASAP kill like Ace like Rocky kills that shit at the end. And then you got uh the Flatbush Zombies. I think it was Michi and I think Juice or some his name is. I forgot what his name is to be honest. But, but yo, like that whole album is crazy. That whole or not album, that whole uh, song is crazy. That era, man, that era, it just I really got down a rabbit hole the other day. It just it really, really made me remember. So um, circling back, and these guys, you know, I probably would have mentioned them earlier, but I kind of just want to give a little other people shine, so these guys are kind of obvious as well, um, but TDE, man, TDE, TDE is probably one of the most infuriating groups, um, and probably the most infuriating group for me, because I feel like these, these dudes are, like, these are, like, to me, this is like a super team, it's like a super team, but they don't, they're not winning the championship. And this I don't I'm this podcast is not to be negative, but I'm only saying this because these dudes are so ridiculously talented. And they put out so much like of everyone I'm mentioning, like they are my favorites by far. Just in the quality, the the sound quality, um, the rapping ability, like everything to me, like like if you were if it was a grade, it's all A's all around. To some, I mean, everyone, you know, has different skills that, you know, they may be better at within the group. But overall, like, these dudes is just top tier at what they do. It's top tier. And Kendrick, of course, we know Kendrick. I'm not really going to talk too much about Kendrick. I already talked about him last episode. But Absol. Absol, to me, and I don't really know what, I mean, honestly, the really the overall thing is the structure of the way, you know, Top decides to release albums. Not my favorite. Back then it was kind of, uh, now it's even worse, especially with the pandemic and COVID and stuff. So Lord knows when we're getting any of these albums, but there's so many, there's so much talent there. I mean, somebody like J-Rock, J-Rock might be the second best, but because, because we, because there's such a gap in when these dudes release, you never know. I mean, I, I mean, some people think Zay is, is two. 
I mean, who knows? Who knows? Because these dudes is just so talented. But back then, when you saw that, when you when you saw it, them all come out, it was just, it was crazy. But the thing with TDE though is they position themselves in such an elite way to where they really can drop whenever, and we're all gonna we're all gonna eat it up. Like it's just, yeah. and that's kind of that's kind of the beauty and kind of the annoying thing about you know, the way they release stuff is that they have that power over their consumers. I feel anyway, I could be wrong in like the actual output, but I feel like they have so much power that they're able to do that. Not to mention SZA, which I'm not talking about R&B yet. Believe me, there are going to be some completely R&B centric episodes, but uh, so far it's just going to be, you know, mainly hip hop this episode. But SZA, just so y'all know, SZA is probably my favorite female R&B act. And if she's not, it's only because she's only dropped like I actually did not check out her first album as much. I'm probably going to revisit it at one point. But Control, to me, classic album, easily. <laughs> I know it wasn't, you know, it's not my subject matter. It ain't geared towards me. But I don't give a fuck, bro. That shit goes crazy, bro. Like, it, it don't matter. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll be singing, I'll be singing the hell out those songs like I feel her pain and I don't got I don't I don't know what it's like to be a woman I don't know what it's like to 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 wish I was a normal girl but guess what I'm, I'm gonna sing my fucking heart out to that shit anyway <laughs> that shit is hard so scissor scissor to me you know top tier she's gotta keep she gotta drop some more I gotta hear more I gotta hear more and not because I need it's proven it's because that shit just sounds so damn good but anyway TDE you know as I think I've pretty much been clear TDE is like my top i think i said our future was but um as far as just top top talent level like tde is like just one tier above one tier or they're i mean they're they're you know (laughs) 1a 1b whatever you want to call it but moving on from there um the last kind of group from that era i want to talk about is one that I think is probably the least known as far as the group. I mean, the the two main guys are pretty well known. Um, Or probably kind of on the same level as Pro Era, I'd say. So Save Money, the Save Money uh, Chicago group, whatever you want to call it. They were never really good at coming up with a full name, like a real uh, name that kind of stuck. But Save Money is the the collective that was uh, headed by Chance the Rapper and Vic Mensa. So Chance the Rapper and Vic Mensa are and Vic Mensa are two very interesting people to me as far as their career arcs. They both rose very fast. They rose actually almost further and quicker than a lot of these other people I mentioned. A lot quicker. Like I remember one second these niggas had dropped Internet Tape and Acid Rap respectively, and y'all, you know, I mean, at, Internet Tape is not as well known, but Acid Rap, you know, to the rap community is very very well known. One of the first like big name mixtapes that really reached like even beyond the blogs so they dropped those next thing i know i see these niggas in a picture with jay-z and beyonce and i'm like yo what the hell like and i'm one of those fans like honestly i ain't gonna hold you like i get kind of annoyed when i hear fans be like yo like i was i was the one to discover them and now y'all all giving them love it's like nigga like i look at these folks like i look at i look at these niggas when they when they make it to where like folks is actually recognizing them i'm like yo that's my that's my friend like obviously they're not my friends but it's like yo like he made it 
Like, I'd be so happy for these people when they make it. Even if their music quality goes down even a little bit, I'm, I'm happy. I mean, the music shit does get annoying at a certain <laughs> after a certain point. But initially, when I see them get that recognition, I get so happy. So I don't understand why fans don't like it, but whatever. Point being, these niggas just, their trajectory just, they were out of here. They were out of here really quickly. Then, um, actually, it, and here is also another thing that was interesting. So I noticed that, both of them kind of flocked to Kanye. And at one point, it looked like one of them was kind of going to be more so with Jay. I think that might have been Vic, but I don't remember because I know Vic had a song with Kanye. Um, but point being, like, they, they attached themselves to two of the GOATs. Like, these niggas is <laughs> top two, top three, top five in a lot of circles. So for them to go from a mixtape to that, it was insane. I don't think people knew that because now, you know, they all be intermingling, like, Sweetie and, like, no disrespect to Sweetie. All love the Sweetie. Sweetie's beautiful. I mean, we all know about Sweetie. But for Sweetie to just be able to just be dancing with uh, with Beyonce, like, after, like, one single, like, that wasn't something that just happened back then. Like, you had to really do some things. You really had to be, you had to do a lot just to even get acknowledged by Jay-Z. And, you know, Kanye, well, Kanye, you know. But point being it, this is just, it was different. It was different back then. Way different. So for them to have that rise was crazy. And then what kind of happened was they just, so it was two different things. Vic kind of decided to go on a different path because internet tape, he kind of had like a more, I don't know what I compare it to. I would compare it to maybe um, Kanye-ish, ish, ish. Not not really, but kind of ish. I mean, people compared it to him because he was a Chicago nigga that, you know, wasn't talking about shooting niggas and shit. So that was really why they compared it to him. I don't really have a comparison for him, but I'm just going to say Kanye. So he was kind of on that on that vibe. And then he kind of became on his, like, Black Power, like, Black Panther type, type shit. And that kind of rubs the people the wrong way. There was also some experimentation between them. Some that I didn't really like too much. But his projects, to me, have never really gone bad. I haven't actually listened to some of the more recent ones, going back to my previous point about how there's just so much music out now. But, you know, to me, there's been really no significant drop-off once the album actually came out, for sure. Especially the autobiography, and there's a lot going on. Two great projects. I definitely recommend y'all check out. The thing with Vic is Vic's personality being shown in his back and forth with XXX and um, just academics, which I, that that's where he really messed up, honestly, was academics. Academics, I'm not going to hold you. like I'm not going to act like I like academics because I really don't. But at the same time, I do understand his purpose. And I'm not going to hate on him too much, especially from <laughs> off the fact that I do follow this nigga. So I can't really be too mad at him, although I have, you know... I'm not, this, this podcast is not for that, though. That's not for that. Um, but, you know, Ak has done a lot for the culture, his damn self, um, <laughs> whether I want to admit it or not. But it's not a good thing to piss off academics when you're not there yet. Because if you don't have that, like, OD cult fan base, Ak does. And on top of that, like, he can low-key blackball you in his own way. Um, and, you know, folks don't want to acknowledge it, but he has that power over people, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, shout out to Rory for the Joe Budden podcast, but as much as I fuck with Rory, god damn, that nigga act getting him out of here, and it's, it's really sad to watch, but point being, academics is not necessarily the guy you want to make an enemy out of early, and he did that, obviously, and he, we all remember that, that video where they called him a bitch, that's just still funny as hell to this day, but again, like, I, I do think it had a to- it took a toll on Vic's career, and I think it affected his trajectory, especially those two, because those two were so big, 
um, especially around that SoundCloud era. And that goes back to that, like, he did not ingratiate himself well, even though his sound actually probably could have lended pretty somewhat well to it. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of what happened to Vic. Jumping off that, Chance. <laughs> we all know what happened to Chance. I mean, Chance, Chance, he skyrocketed. I mean, Vic was almost an afterthought at that point. This nigga was doing doing stadiums. I mean, coloring book, like literally launched this nigga to another thing. He was, he was, you know, the he had that famous verse on Kanye's album, like, bro, like Chance was really really finna be out of here like to a whole different like pop level but and I actually don't really know where to pinpoint it but I think I do think what happened for me was that I kind of outgrew some of his music because I think acid rap is still good but I don't it's hard for me to listen to it so much now because Chance has such a he has somewhat of like a bubblegum rap-ish sound which really isn't a thing like it's more so bubblegum pop but like he, he's a rapper it doesn't sound like pop but he just does something that I'm I'm really not trying to roast this nigga, but like it just be on some like nursery rhyme type rap sometimes. But the thing is that nigga Chance can actually rap his ass off, but he just his voice and his cadence sometimes doesn't really do him the most favors. And I think that a lot of us grew up and we were like, yo, I'm not really trying to hear this right now. I'm trying to hear like some young nudie. I'm trying to hear like some hard hitting shit. I'm trying to hear some nigga like yeah yeah like that type of shit. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, I think it was a mixture of that. It was the fact that. I don't really think he should have gone like the the playlist route with his last album. That really did, you know, didn't do him well. And then before that, like I'm not gonna hold you, he didn't his singles really weren't it for a lot of people, including myself. So but I think Chance, I mean, Chance could bounce back if he wants to. Chance can still wrap his ass off. I've heard it on multiple occasions. The hate is getting a little out of control. I mean I see both sides of it. That's all I'm going to really say because I don't want to get into too much. But it's just interesting to me, the rise and quote-unquote fall. But I think both of them, that both of them still make music. My friend uh, Rayquan, shouts to him. He actually put me on to a song. Well, I actually already had the song, but he put me on to like an acoustic version of it where, because um, it's a song called Shelter, which I definitely recommend. And it, to me, it still showcases how talented both these dudes are. These dudes did not lose talent. It's just marketing, you know, all this other stuff, like, just politics, like, all this other stuff, like, it's kind of, you know, just ruined their image slightly, but it's not the end of the world. These niggas still have the talent. If they really put their, you know, heads together and they start to get them their marketing and just, you know, I, I think a lot of this stuff can work itself out in due time. Um, but yeah, this song's called Shelter. Um, the one with Wyclef, I recommend. The one without Wyclef, I still recommend. And it's funny because a lot of people, I think, did rec- did compare Wyclef to Chance and in one of the songs it's like you know there's no Wyclef and Chance is literally like singing Wyclef's part he does a pretty good job I might add myself um pretty good job so very solid um yeah I mean it's just interesting what's happened with a lot of these guys um but all of them still have so much talent and so much to offer that's the beautiful thing um the last one I'm really going to get into though is um He's in another interesting case, another very interesting case. And that is uh, none other than Childish Gambino, man. Childish Gambino was one of... He, he, he might have been one of the biggest rappers at the height of the blog era. And when I say big, I don't mean like he was like, you know, a pop star at that time. He, he definitely wasn't. He crossed over later. But I think of that time, like he was a, he was a, blog, he was a blog darling for sure. Like, you would not go on one blog site without seeing Childish Gambino, without, you know, that type of... And he had that type of cult following. 
like true cult following. And also, I it was actually my my first exposure to him was really because of the internet, which for a lot of people was like one of their favorite albums from him, one of the best albums of that that time. Um, definitely re- revolutionized like concept albums and like just the the mini the mini movie all that stuff. And one thing about a lot of my favorite rap from that time is they all had that kind of concept album in mind, and that was something that was very heavy. That was something that was very popular back then. So yeah, Childish Gambino really really just revolutionized a lot as far as kind of checking all the boxes. Um, and just continuing to innovate wherever, and not only in his music, but also outside of music as well. And he was actually, the first um, the first concert I ever went to was his concert for Because the Internet. Um, amazing concert. <laughs> amazing concert. Um, and I feel like he has just grown in such an interesting way, um, but not just as a rapper. I mean, as many of us know, he's, you can't really... Well, it's funny because you, 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 a lot of time there are eras where there are periods of time where you, you can't go anywhere without seeing him. Like, you know, he was in a lot of movies from Marvel, Star Wars, all this other stuff. And then he had Atlanta. But then, like, you know, more recently, he's not really as visible, which is interesting to me. So I think it's only, it's only a matter of time, I assume, till we see him again. But to me, of all the people, he's probably had the most interesting career if you really break it down just from... You know, I mean, he's just been, he's been every, he's been so many different things and he he, he has the ability to appeal to so many different audiences. Um, but I do think sometimes, there, I know there is like a, there's a portion of the black community that still refuses to embrace him. I personally don't get it. I don't understand his like, the, like the, the hate, the pure hatred towards him. There is, I think, a somewhat of a stigma towards the black guy that appeals to everyone. That is somewhat of a stigma and I think that's, it's a deeper issue. I'm not really gonna go go too deep on this podcast, and I feel like you know, you know, if I was to ever get, you know, on a certain <laughs> status, like I might have to deal with some of that stuff too, because I'm not your typical. I'm not the black guy that is that you know is typically marketed um, towards other black people. If that makes sense, you know, they 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 expect certain things from us, but you know, that's a whole deeper conversation, but. Yeah, that was that's pretty much um, the gist of, you know, kind of my my my, my thoughts on the blog era, and it it really had such an impact on me, more of an impact than I think I realized, and because it kind of it kind of just came to an abrupt halt. I mean, I think the last year there was really any real mixtapes was maybe like 2016, 2017. but twenty in twenty seventeen, ironically to me, it was probably the last year that we had great albums. Um, overall but yeah there's a lot of things that i kind of threw at y'all um you know in the description i'm definitely going to mention a lot of these artists and kind of their essential projects and you know kind of what i recommend because i think that um whatever kind of a fan you are i mean especially if you're a fan of this type of music and you're the type that says oh these dudes don't drop anymore all this other stuff like yo like and, and you're a fan of these rappers who may be on that conscious stuff like i can really put y'all on because this whole era, and oh my god, I forgot one guy, one guy. I'm going I'm to talk about him a little later in another podcast, but another one, another guy that was really essential this whole era, two actually guys that were essential this whole era, that they weren't really attached to groups, that's the only reason I didn't mention them as much, was um, Big Crit and Action Bronson. Those are two guys I think that also 
very interesting cases, interesting careers. But overall, again, this whole era had so much talent. And I think a lot of, a lot of us really thought that these guys were going to be you know, the Drakes and the, well, yeah, I mean, Cole and Kendrick obviously made it um, to that stratosphere. But I think a lot of us assumed all these guys would too. Um, not that they still can't though. And that's the crazy part. But yeah, man. Uh... <laughs> so this is another episode of uh, Put You On Pod. And yeah, when, uh... <laughs> when you play that song, tell them Tondo put you on. Peace out.